0: Well, first off, I didn't realize it was going to have a Christian basis to it, so I'm loving that part of it because it's kind of taking our, you know, I'm a scientist, right, microbiologist, right? I I worked with uh, Paxil, selling Paxil for neuropsychiatry, so for me to be able to tie those two items together, it's been super interesting, that part of it. And, yes, you know, you kind of reinvent your brain every day. And I worked, well, (laughs) I was dating a guy a long, long time ago who was a national swimmer out of Minnesota, big swimming guy. And I said something one day like, oh, that was so dumb of me. And he was like, don't ever say that. I mean, he really corrected me right then. Like, you have to do positive sentences, positive things kind of came from the athletic world, but I'm, this is picking me back up into that. So I really do love this.
1: Yeah, I like that too. If you look at self-help books, a lot of them seem to be so focused on me, 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 not necessarily right. anything to do with
2: God. So I like that, uh, that this is kind of combines the two together.
3: <clears throat> One.
0: It seems to me it's a different approach. I really like it's kind of a fresh approach to thinking about the, the fact that your brain is malleable and you can change your thoughts and your thoughts are running the show. I love it. Okay, Danny, you asked me.
2: Yeah, good. Tom, how about you? Well, I was just going to say, it's pretty interesting. I'm, I'm through uh, chapter two so far and you know, there's deep, What's interesting is I always look up an author, a lot of uh, criticism of this author, <clears throat> because, oh, by the way, she's Christian. You know, she's kicked the hornet's nest of science because she's tied the <clears throat> two together. So I love that. And uh it caused me to go back and look at some of the of the science that she refers to, because it's so diverse. Um, you know, in chapter two, it's like there's a part go, hey, I'm going to give you an outline of this in one paragraph, but there's like you know 25,000 pages to read on this topic. I'm like, wow. I mean, she's she's digging in deep, but um, it's um, you know how you um, personally handle your attitude is critical, and I think it also causes me to think about um, Danny. You mentioned this: the people you hang out with. Can pull you up or weight you down, because I mean you've got people that you met that it's like they walk in a room, it's like there's a rain cloud of them. I mean you you, you we've all been there, and it's not that they're a bad person, but I mean I don't want to absorb that. So I, I'm I'm glad that she's uh, matching up the science with um, the um, with Christianity to to you know make sure that you understand that, that point of view. And I think it's, uh, that's why it's taken me a while to read this because I have to read the chapter and go back and re-read it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've, um, I read this book first in
5: 2017 and, um, listened to it a couple of times while I'm walking, exit running, exercising.
4: I've read uh, parts of it other times, and I've read her three other books, and I do her, she hasn't, as we go through, there's these five steps she goes through to kind of reform (laughs) your thinking, and to, um, uh, uh, you know, even a way to learn things using that five-step format, also to remove toxic thoughts, And she has an app. I do recommend the app. Just know that it's not. It's it's not real advanced. So just use it for for what it is, and not try to. There's some parts of it doesn't work. And uh, about three years ago, I got a little ticked off at it. Didn't use it for about two years, and and I regret that. Uh, uh, So. And, and that's what she's talking about here in the second half of the book. She'll get into what she calls the brain detox plan. Um, Rick, have you have you gotten started on it yet?
3: No, I haven't. I actually been looking up. Uh, I'm over here in Round right
4: now. There's a Barnes and Nobles. I was going to go get it. Okay. Uh, but well, yeah, you, all of- yeah, yeah. Just if you got any comments or questions, just just lead away with it as we go um uh we're just kind of go through it the you know she starts off in the first the half. half of the, of the, the first the, half she starts off with she main scripture
5: with...
4: main scripture you're all i think you're echoing yeah there you go thanks uh yeah, there you oh, go main scripture and then the linked science concept um i think it's interesting what you said tom about the criticism so yeah I've had I've gotten some criticism as I've talked about this book um, publicly a couple times and I just know for me it's made a difference and when you look at not just this book but look at her subsequent books and all the brainy people that are writing uh, you know, references and and recommending this book uh, is is pretty amazing, uh, especially her latest book, which is uh, I think it's called "Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess." It's some of the high level um, types uh, that are you know recommending the book is
5: pretty spectacular.
4: What are you thinking about what's everyone you know with what the author says about the mind is what the brain does the brain does the bidding of the mind. Our mind is designed to control the body of which the brain is a part not the other way around. Is That new to
5: anyone. Definitely new to me. I haven't heard that before. Yeah. Yeah, it's. It it is a. Very. I mean, prior to, I don't know, 20 years ago. And I think she mentions it in here, the way they were
4: taught, what she was taught in school. And that. I mean, I always thought, for instance, our temperament is fixed when we're six, eight years old, typically a bit later for a male than a female. And along with that goes your thought process. I've mentioned this before. My, the second book my wife saw me buy 38 years ago was, I think, yeah, we were still dating 39 years ago what to say when you talk to yourself. And it was a kind of an early predecessor to it. That book was, I think, originally published in about 84. And the word neuroplasticity was just coming out about that time. Tom had uh, some uh, experience with a guy back in the 80s or so. And, um, and, and it was pretty foreign. Now you hear a lot about neuroplasticity, meaning that the neural pathways are like plastic. It could be moldable. Um, I always heard the word that your temperament is fixed and you're not going to be not going to change your temperament except if you've had some um a, a near death experience or a loss of a loved one, a traumatic event. And and I wondered, well, why does that cause a change and you can't just purposely change? So, uh You know, this this thing that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And then she claims that science shows we are wired for love with a natural optimism bias. This means exactly what the scripture says above.
5: Look at some different notes I've got here.
4: Sticking on that theme a little bit, about the mind is what the brain does. From that perspective, the brain creates what you're doing and what you're thinking. The mind is what the brain does. They believe in ramifications are significant. Take for example, the treatment of depression. In, in the reductionist view, dis, depression is a chemical imbalance problem of a machine like brain, therefore the treatment is to add in the missing chemicals. Then this view is biblically and scientifically incorrect. Looking at it from another angle where the the brain does the bidding of the mind, you're a thinking being, you think all day long, and at night as you sleep, you sort out your thinking. As you think, you choose, and you choose, you cause genetic expression to happen in your brain. I get hung up on that one right there for a few minutes
5: (laughs) when you think about it. uh, uh, You
4: know, know, I think about, and I can't remember the author, uh, maybe, uh, yeah, Dr. Ruskin, I got him Ruskin out of USC, talks about that we, that 90 plus percent of what we think about every day is repetitive, meaning that all the thoughts we've had today, we uh, 90% or more of those we had yesterday. Now, in, in the 80s, he was saying, in, uh, his instructor or his professor was saying that 80 plus percent of what we think
5: are, is repetitive.
4: So think about that. Here we are 40 years later, And it's uh, our repetitive thinking, he's claiming, has increased 10%. What's the difference between the 80s and the 90s, or
5: 80s and the 90s, 80s and the 2020s? Smartphones,
2: social media, um,
4: you know, that's got to be a big factor. We're stuck. We get stuck. It's why we get, I mean, we get dopamine rush. We learned that when when we went through atomic habits of uh, you uh last year another great book rick about habits uh you can listen to some of our uh, we've got all these on a podcast that you can go back and listen to but you go into social media you got your your phone there you're standing in line uh at the grocery store and uh and you you get right back into where you were sitting out in the car at home that morning, going to be that night where you're stuck in these, you get into that electronic rut and it, it causes our thinking to become more repetitive.
5: Um, so she says here,
4: our brain is changing moment by moment. I'm on top of page 33. Our, our brain is changing moment by moment as we are thinking.
5: But if we're thinking the same thing,
4: she's going to explain later what she says, about it, by our thinking and choosing, we're redesigning the landscape of our brain. So
5: it's what are we choosing?
4: Uh, you know, I have a list of 13 um, choices that I work off of. That I want to be sure I've, I've circled through. Uh, You've know, got it in front of my my. my my three-ring binder or my, my spiral binder uh, that I'm uh, that I'm paying attention to the choices that I'm making. So her argument here, and she goes on down, choices are real. You're free to make choices about how you focus your attention. This affects how the chemicals and proteins and wiring of your brain function and change. Science, scientists are proving that the relationship relationship. Between what you think and how you understand yourself, your beliefs, dreams, hopes, and thoughts has a huge impact on how your brain works. Research shows that 75 to 98% of mental, physical, and behavioral illness comes from one's thought life.
5: We're so connected. Um, Guy that,
4: um, don't think bad of me, anybody, but a guy that I get some some inspiration from, for working out is a guy named David Goggin. And, um, this guy's, you know, ran seven 70 something ultra marathons and done all kinds of crazy stuff. And, um, and he's, he's now in his late forties, but about 42, 44, the doctor saying that he just worn himself out. He just couldn't get going anymore. Just, uh, it was just, his body, he just wore it out, and he remembered something. And um, in, in a, he was in, he was a Navy SEAL that a guy had come into Coronado and talked to him about stretching, and he had a knot, one knot at the base of his skull, and then and another knot in his lower back, and they said knots, nah, nothing. It, it, it's just a knot. There's there's nothing. I'm uh, 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 malignant about it, it, it would uh, do too much damage to take it out. He started stretching and um, he said his brain had gotten a little foggy, he just didn't think as clear as he used to and he spent about a year stretching. In particular, his psoas, which is a muscle, the only muscle that connects your upper and lower part of your body and uh, over about a year period stretching. He,
5: the knots went away, thinking cleared up
4: and he back running ultra marathons and to hear him tell that story, it is really pretty phenomenal about how the body is so connected. And uh, you know, it turns out that one muscle was causing, it, it, it just his overall tightness of his body was causing all kinds of problems, causing problems with his heart. He wasn't getting enough brain, uh, enough, uh, they, they knew he wasn't getting enough uh, uh, blood flow throughout his whole body. Uh, but anyway, i um, not sure how that really matches up, but it, uh, but it does uh, 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 it, it, uh, in some way, anyway.
0: Hey, Danny. Yes. Thank you. On that same thought, um, you know, I sold an antidepressant, Paxil, which is a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, and it increases serotonin, so you've got that chemical side you were talking about. But here's the thing. To get the drug uh, approved for different indications, it takes a tremendous number of patients because there's such a big placebo effect. People think they're taking the drug, and they're not. But their mind fixes them because of the placebo effect.
4: Yep, isn't that amazing? Yeah, it blows
0: my mind. Like we had like a thirty percent
5: that was our placebo effect
0: improvement. Yeah, that right. Overcome to get indications. Yeah, sorry, I'll stop.
2: And that's why every legitimate uh, stage three drug test is a double blind because you're gonna have people if you hand them aspirin you know, they're cured of cancer. I mean, that, that i mean, they're, you know, in their mind. So uh, that's, a, that's a big cost to the drug companies to do that. Yeah, and
4: it right there proves that our mind controls our body. That's why we get, sometimes we're stressed out, we get muscle tension. There's a book called The Mind-Body Syndrome and Subsequent, uh, healing your own back by a pain doctor uh, out of uh, Columbia, New York, uh, Columbia University of New York, that I used a few years ago uh, from hurting members. I couldn't hardly walk. Her- hurting Gary had to help me into CBLG one day and get my back locked up after I got out of my truck and um, uh, and used those, te- those mind techniques to my back pain went away. Um, thinking changes our DNA that that's phenomenal. She goes into that pretty deep in one of her other books, stress, uh, in her whole, everything here about stress, she's got quite a few, uh, footnotes, uh, that you can chase those links here at what she says about stress and stress related problems. So let's finish up this chapter unless somebody wants to get something else. I mean, this is a book I think we're going to go through pretty quick just because it's so deep. There's no way we could um, uh, spend, we could spend a lot of time on it. So as you all start reading it uh, in in more depth and uh, want to share any experiences or anything, uh, we will. So the summary is. The debate in science is between the mind being what the brain does versus the brain doing the bidding of the mind. The correct view is that the mind is designed to control the, the, the body, uh, which the brain is part. Our brain does not control us. Uh, we, are, uh, we can control our reactions to anything. Choices are real. Research shows that DNA actually changes shape in response to our thoughts. And she's got that uh, italicized. And stress stage one is normal. Stage two and three, on the other hand, are the mind and body's response to toxic thinking. Basically, normal stress gone wrong. And eight, reaction is a key word here. You cannot control the events of your life, but you can control your reactions. So chapter two, going into that choice and your multiple perspective advantage. Now, This is something that she uses in the detox 21 day plan, the MPA, the multiple perspective advantage. And the main scripture is let the peace from Christ rule in your hearts. Get paths to which as one body, you were also called and, and be thankful The linked science is the choice is real, free will exists. You're able to stand outside of yourself, observe your own thinking, consult your God and consult with God and change the negative toxic thought or grow the healthy positive thought. When you do this, your brain responds with a positive neurochemical rush and structural changes that will improve your intellect, health and peace. You will experience soul harmony. That's some pretty heavy accusations, isn't it? (laughs) Um, Many of us, she says, walk through life as though we are victims of the events and circumstances of life and biology and whatever or whomever we think of to blame. As a therapist for 22 years and have reached millions of people through seminars, books, and media appearances, the statements I make more than any others are these. You're not a victim. You can control your reaction. You do have a choice.
6: Are you saying we are what we think? (laughs) Yeah,
4: we are what we think, but we can choose to think differently.
6: Right. So, so I'm thinking, you know, I'm a visual person. So I'm trying to, to, to give a visual for my brain. And I'm acting like I have a switch in my head, right? I'm just picturing a switch. It's got an on off. And so before I think of something or before I do something, I have to decide do I want to flip it on, flip it off and continually build that habit. Right. So and isn't it Christ who said that part of the Christian walk was always constantly trying to renew your mind, uh, uh, that, that the renewal of the mind was super important, right, uh, in, in the ability to open up uh, the free will to change, uh, which is an interesting discussion, um, because some change is done inside without our knowledge, if we believe in Christ, right? Because of our nature, but the the idea the, the idea that we have switches and we have triggers,
4: yeah. Uh, yeah we all and, and that's one of the things about stress and our and our temperaments. Uh, you, know, you know, one assessment that I've used um, shows your temperament, your personality, uh, based on three different uh, uh, environments you're in. One, when you're out in public, you act one way. Mm -hmm. Two is how you think you are. And three is how you really are.
6: the pro- but also, Danny, the issue with change in the mind is is that it, here's the here's the real here I go. I'm gonna I'm gonna be negative for a minute, okay? Allow me to think this way. But when you're trying to change, I'm gonna take the word "trying" out. When you're working on changing, right? Then if you fail constantly, then you start beating yourself up. So it's kind of this narrow road of how you think about something right so you know is constant failure mean you get mad at yourself or you know that it becomes this revolving circle i don't know how to explain that i'm just saying sometimes when you change in your thinking you keep failing because you've been stuck so long then you don't give yourself a break when you start thinking right and you go right back to where you were because you go
4: heck with this so sorry about that. No, I mean, that happened. You just described life. and Right,
6: exactly. And,
4: and the key word, there's a few key words there is that, well, let me just put it in my own uh, perspective. It's it's what I do with that information. Number one is what was I chasing? Okay. Number two, what did I
5: learn from it? And number three, what am I going to do with it?
4: Uh, it's you know my perspective i know that's different than uh, some well uh, people that teach goals uh it's that you know you set goals you set goals you set goals you put a timeline and all this on, on the goal my perspective is uh goals are in concrete plans are in sand and you put the timeline on the as part of the plan not the goal itself. And uh, I think that speaks to what you were just saying. So, you know, sometimes we have to change our perspective of of, of that, that we're learning some things. And uh, I mean, I I go back to 2008 and and that financial crisis. I had 400 employees and um, started uh, downsizing before, you know, uh, it all hit the fan. And it took me you know, over three years, I'd continue to downsize. And I kept making, I think, were some very good decisions. They were
5: sought out. I sought counsel from
4: um, some pretty good people. And And I think they were a good decision. They just had very poor <laughs> uh, results. Uh, through, through that, you know, ended up shutting the company down and, you know, made some good decisions, uh, thought out, prayed, prayed through decisions, but they just had some real poor results and I, you know, took me a long time to figure out how to learn from that. Um, and
6: Danny, I'm wondering. I'm uh, one of the other things I wonder about this process is, and it's probably off subject a little, but maybe it gives some get some feedback. Is sometimes our brains protecting us, and 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 it's attached to our gut feelings, right? So when we say, "Man, my gut feeling was telling me not to do that," and I still did that, right? I mean, you know, some of it. it, it if we're thinking right, then then maybe we can interpret our gut feelings better, right? So
4: yeah and, and, and is it a gut feeling or is it a feeling from God? Uh, you, know, yeah. you, you know where is that feeling where is that coming from? And uh, I know I don't trust my gut and uh, you know I'm gonna test it against a few things, it, you know, including scripture, um, uh, um, so you know we our team uh, uh, you know we put together a new vision statement. In mid
5: twenty one,
4: made some changes, chasing that vision statement for our team, and uh, had no idea. You know, who'd have known what was going to happen in twenty twenty two with uh, with real estate and uh,
5: mortgage rates? But the
4: vision that we had back then and the plan that we set is starting to come about now. There's, you know, But from something that we hadn't, it was, it was not on our, our horizon until I had dinner with two guys this past October and almost walked away from it. Uh, and so it's, it, it, you know, sometimes it's, it, we just haven't given it time no, and no plan ever, it, it, ever works, you know, Paul Martinelli, a mentor, uh, you know, told me one time, Danny, I'm going to tell you, if 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 your plan works out, I'm ticked. That <laughs> 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 makes me really mad that that, that, <laughs> that, that somebody else can uh, can plan, but I'm glad I'll be glad to really meet somebody who can who can roll out a business plan, and it work.
5: Um, interesting.
4: She says, we can choose to think the way God wants us to think. I'm convinced beyond all doubt that our God-given ability to think and choose means that our free will influences our thinking, which produces our state of mind. This is so important to human behavior and potential that I've dedicated my life to understand the process of thought and how we can choose to think the way God wants us to think. Then she goes on to prove free will in the prefrontal, uh, talking about our brain activity in the prefrontal cortex and the parietal cortex.
5: Um, Again, she's presenting
4: both sides of the argument here. She goes on in this subchapter part to uh, uh, quote Ecclesiastes 7.29, God created people to be virtuous, but they have each turned to follow their own downward path. Science is proving free will right down to the genetic level. And then she says, let's take a look at some of that evidence.
5: again, choice has mental real, real estate.
4: We can observe our own thoughts We can observe our thoughts and actions and make decisions about them. And suddenly biblical principles such as bringing all thoughts captive, renewing your mind, what you were saying, Herdy, casting all your cares and being anxious for nothing become less difficult when we realize God has given us the equipment to do these things.
6: Hey, And, and this brings up a very relevant topic in today's society, right? Is if you can change people's thinking,
5: can change their speech sure
6: It, it, it and and that and that's what i see happening right so so there's proof in the pudding that that in fact there are ways to change thinking and to to have people act like you somebody wants you to act so it's a pretty powerful thing the brain it's amazing so just thought I'd throw that in there for thought. No, that's
5: awesome. <laughs> I mean, if, you know, if I'm just trying to think, I'm just trying to think about the
6: free will thing because that's a very hard concept for people outside faith to understand because they don't understand why people suffer. That, uh, and I can look at my nephew right now with cancer and the way he's struggling, and, and my brother, and I, and I could look up and say, God, why are you doing this to these folks? Right. Um, and I, and, and, but the world was designed that not only good things can happen, but bad things can happen. Right. And our whole Christian perspective can change. I know Christians that are super bitter.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it you changed. know,
6: because because of because of things that's happened in their in in their life. Right. Because they they went down the route of bitterness and they never got over it because they didn't understand forgiveness. They didn't understand working on oneself. And so their thinking never changed. And so they they became a, a, this use. We used to talk about this in recovery all the time. I can't, there was a game we used to play. It was called the blame game in our support group. And I used to raise my hand and ask everybody to go around the room and blame everybody. It's pissed them off and hurt their life. And all of them had a list of 10 or 20. And I said, what about you? And they said, oh, no, no, no. It's all their fault. Yeah, It's all
4: their well, fault. you know, It all goes back to the fall. I mean, obviously God put free will. In, right there. He gave them a choice. They chose, you know, to uh, I- ignore what he said. Tom, you going to say something? I just say, yeah, God gave us this great gift of free will. Then
2: we went out and used it. Oops. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, from almost the very beginning of the Bible, you read about how we, the fall and, you know, we used free will and we didn't do a very good job.
6: Yeah. There's this great apple on this tree over there, Tom, you know, if you just go eat the darn thing, you'll you'll be full of knowledge and the world will be great.
5: Yeah. Um, you know, it's.
4: And. Oh, yeah, if I could go down another path there, I won't. So she says here. We have what I like to call MPA multiple perspective advantage. Our unique multifaceted nature made in God's image allows us to see things from many different angles, like different perspectives. We have the unique opportunity to assess our thoughts and their impact and choose connect to the vine that is Christ to restore growth and prune off the branches of our toxic thinking. We are directly responsible for, for what we choose to think about and dwell on. We make these decisions in the privacy of our own thinking. As you think, it is important to make a distinction between who you really are and the person you have become through toxic thoughts. I'm going to underline that one again. Who yep. you really are and the person you have become through toxic thoughts. Yeah. Fortunately, you can see both and choose to reconnect with the vine and renew your mind. Your brain will follow the instructions and choices of your mind and change its landscape accordingly. Part two of the book is going to help you do that. You know, Danny,
6: that's one of the problems with society society today is is that um, when, when somebody says they're depressed, they go to the doctor to get a drug. And I know Beth's not on here, and I don't mean that. It's not important at times, but in most cases, nobody wants to find out what's causing the, the root issue of the depression, or and they don't they don't sit down to take the time to think through. Well, what happened and what needs to change? And you're thinking, uh, you know, instead of just saying, "Let's throw this at it and see if that helps," right? Um, so, I'm, I'm almost happy that I wasn't raised in that culture because I would be scared to death. If I was a kid today to go tell my parents I was feeling depressed, because you might end up at the doctor's office being prescribed a drug at seven years old instead of dealing with, you know, the real issues. So yeah. how, important, how important is thinking, right? How important is, is our mind, our brain, our thinking, our triggers, all that stuff? Yeah, pretty, pretty darn important.
5: There's a root, there's a cause for everything.
4: Yeah, that's a
6: um I just go down a dirt road. Did I go down that rabbit hole of life again? <laughs> where no I always, I, I always do for some reason. I apologize, guys. No, I like
3: your way of thinking. I think it's important because I have a six year old. You know, one thing I try to get to him is you can always come to me and talk about anything. I don't want to just sit here and throw medicine at a problem. And that's what, like you said, that's what a lot of people do. They don't sit here and self-reflect. I, I feel like people should self-reflect every day. You know, I can sit here, and play the blame game, or I can sit here and be like, okay, why did this happen? What did I say? How did it come off? Did I what how was my tone? But nobody looks at that. They just want to point fingers to take the blame off of them and make themselves feel better. And now, now they think everybody's out to get them because they don't look at themselves as a problem.
2: Interesting. But, uh, Rick, you're yeah. right on track. And Hurdy, you have the flip side from kids. you got the seniors now where the medical profession is cheap. It's better for them to check a box if they saw you and give you a pill get you out right. of the office. That's how they're paid. Right. And my, uh, when my mom fell, that uh, led to her open demise three years later. She had eleven medications, and unbeknownst to me, she had three for pain from three different uh, doctors. Yeah, Pharmacists never said anything. Legit script, and the doctor told me, "Hey, you taking those three pain meds? You might have fallen too." Okay, so I mean, you know, it's like you've got this whole thing rolled up there. So, um, you know, no matter who it is, um, you know, if we're gonna use y- y- yes. Pharmace- legit pharmaceuticals have real benefit, but when they're used to solve the problem versus find out the reason, as we've talked about, that's very dangerous.
6: Yeah, and 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 I would say, Danny, that uh, the idea that we can look at things from different angles again—that that visual for me is a box. When I got an issue or problem to resolve, I look at all sides of the box and I kind of look at it from one side of the box to the other. And again, that's my visual for solutions, right, is to kind of have something on each panel of that box to look at it instead of just accepting there's only one way to solve that thinking or change that, so. Yeah, I guess we could, just spend, we could just spend the next 10 years on this book, I
4: guess. <laughs> yeah, we sure can. I mean, this is all... Um...
1: She, I, I, I listened to it uh, twice, actually, throughout the week already, and uh, th- this is a really good book. Uh, she does mention Dr. Joe Dispenza's work in the first chapter as well, who I mentioned last week was actually who introduced me to this type of thinking. Uh, and uh, that would be my suggestion for maybe the following book. But uh, I think this is a, it's, it's good for us to, to know or be aware of this, because uh, our thoughts do definitely shape our, our actions, and our actions also kind of reflect on our emotions.
4: So, so, so. So you said shape
1: what and our emotions?
6: In shape our emotions, that's what he said.
1: Yeah, the way we think is how we act. How we act will also help how we we feel, right? Or how we think will make how we feel, how we feel, like it's all intertwined. I may not be saying it the right way, but how we feel is how we'll act. And then, uh, you know
4: yeah okay um, Fab. yeah I, it, and, and that's what she's going to get to here with the MPA that multiple perspective uh, is that it, it, it I mean so much of choices that we make are based on our emotions and in that uh, how we feel. And when we take a step back and how does she say it here that um, we're multifaceted, allows us to think from many different angles, different perspectives. And when we start doing that, and she has an exercise that I use, um, and it's, it, it, it's, it's when you can look at yourself and what you're doing, the decision that you're making to help you make the right choices. Um, So she points out that all thinking activity is real. Just the mind activity from your reading of the next few lines generates electromagnetic, electrochemical, and and, and quantum action in your neurons. This and then she gives some bullet points there. And then this combined activity sets up and sets up an intricate and organized sequence of actions of neurotransmitters, proteins, and energy that forms a signal. You're thinking it just created a powerful signal that is going to change the landscape of your brain. And
6: from a sports standpoint, I talking a lot today. I apologize. From a sports standpoint, um, Change in thinking a lot when I played baseball in college was visualization of how you were going to do at the plate or how you were going to do it in a field. I've actually played full baseball games in my head before a game. Yeah. This certain, this certain catch, this certain way I was going to chase something down, the certain way I was going to steal second, the certain the certain way I was going to hit the ball if it was outside and. And I visualize these whole games and, you know, these golfers do that, these professional golfers, because that game's all mental. I think, athletes all,
1: I think all athletes do that, Herdy, because uh, I remember, you know, being young. and I, I mean, I still do that. I still play now, but you, you envision that. You can imagine what's going to happen. You play the game in your head before mm-hmm. you're actually, you know, the game is really won in, in your head and, and then it's, you know, performed.
6: Yeah, it, it's just it's just it's just strange that that you can actually visualize something and and then it comes true. That's the amazing part. <laughs> Although I did drop a few and I struck out a bunch, just to tell you, everybody you know, <laughs> it's not a bunch, but I did. Not perfect. So Danny, so what does she say? Cause I don't have the book in front of me in this first chapter. She talks about the switch, right? And I know we got to get off in a few minutes, but, uh, what, how does she visualize the switch? What is, what does she talk about? What were those three things you mentioned that the, uh, in the process? Well, I'm writing this down. That, that's, well, the, that's why the, I'm asking
4: the switch is that is, I mean, she's setting the precedent in the first half of the book for her, what she says to do to create new habits, new thoughts, new thoughts and new habits. Okay. And, you know, the first thing you do is you do a, um, just give it to you real quick is that you, you you gather your thoughts. Uh, there's some breathing that you do to just calm yourself down. You take a you can you can use the MPA that multiple perspective advantage where you you you, you take a couple of deep breaths, and start thinking about yourself, or, or start thinking yeah about yourself outside yourself like you're looking down on yourself, and. That helps you put your uh, thoughts into a. Um, I mean, there's multiple ways to do something. There's multiple ways to respond. There's multiple choices we can be making, and if we're operating totally out of our uh, uh, what's what's hitting our brain, that's and this is not her words. This that, that's when you're in that comfort zone, and it's, too many times the comfort zone's not going to serve you real well. So you gather your thoughts, you calm down, and then you start reflecting on. This is let's say this is day two. Day you start reflecting on what your negative on the progress that you've made in the last 24 hours. As you start using this, then day and then step three is you write all of that down. At first you just think about it, and then you write. You take notes, more or less, journal. And then you reflect on everything that you, you wrote and add to it, that's step four. Then step five is you have what she calls an active reach, which is uh, you just have a, a short little, it's something you put on your calendar, actually if you a half. the app, you, it, it, it reminds you you, you, you try to five, seven times that day, go back to that. Go back to what you're doing to try to create this new, Neural pathways in your brain to start thinking about it. And I can, t- you know, right now I'm in day, I think, um, uh, 37 of a 63 day cycle. And, and um, my thoughts about it's, it's a totally different thoughts than I had, you know, a month ago about a toxic thought that I have. I'll give you a couple other examples that, uh, uh, you know, it, it's it, you, again, you're just creating new neural pathways in your brain. You're changing your brain. Your, your brain's always changing. You said that a while ago, I think uh, either you or Tom did. And it, you're, you're always changing. You're taking in data every day. You're on your phone, you're on your computer. You yeah. might not be on social media, but you're getting something.
2: Hey Dan, just quickly at the bottom of that section about the signal that unzips DNA, he's got a sentence here. Researchers estimate that about ninety percent of the genes in the DNA are working with these signals from outer and inner environments. Yeah, I mean that's simul- I mean it's ninety percent. If she had told me twenty percent, I'd have been amazed. It's ninety yeah. percent. Yeah, and. and-
4: We've got so much um, that outer and inner environments. Our environment is why things are happening. in, In 1900, you take the amount of data that a person consumed in a lifetime. Didn't have radio and TV, had newspapers, and had people talking. That was pretty much it, right? jump forward hundred yeah, years The moon and the chickens clucking that's about it yeah have yeah. <laughs>
6: <laughs> and,
4: and and you jump forward a hundred years and, <laughs> in 2000 that that amount of data that a person got in a lifetime a per uh, in 2000 the average person got it in one week so and they measure that in bits or some type of data and Literally, in a week, you were getting the same amount of data in 2000 that your great-great-grandfather got in 1900. That's why think, and things are changing so fast, and now it's even faster. Now we get more. We get so much data. You, you can't watch the news without there's a ticker tape going or going by. You know, typically two sides of it there down at the bottom, at the top, and there's a bunch of different information on that. Too. There's one spot where it's rolling through there. Then it's giving other uh, bits of information from the temperature of the stock prices. So that's. Uh, I, I think that's part of what they're talking about there, it, it, that uh, uh, working with these signals from our outer and inner environments. Tom, do you think that's what I thought well, about? Absolutely, because. I mean showing you how
2: how much you have to work with, how five. It's not like five percent of your brain are working on it. You can actually affect you know you can in real time affect 90% of your DNA. That's from, that's astounding.
4: Yeah. It is. Well guys, let's wrap it up right there.